son of Sun Lord. But thus forbidden. They replied. Who are you, sirs? That have the audacity to challenge the jurisdiction of your God. According to the sinful activities of Ajamil, he was within the jurisdiction of Yamraj, the supreme judge appointed to consider the sins of living entities. When forbidden to touch Ajamil, the order carriers of Yamraj were surprised because they had never been hindered in the execution of their duty by anyone within the three worlds.
Even Jaga and Mother were there, they had committed all the sins possible. So similarly, Ajamin was also a very sinful person. So three Yamanutas came to bring this soul so that, as Arjun Sarapurvogan was mentioning yesterday, to, so that they, he can be beaten on the way to Yamakuri. On the way itself he should be beaten. So that was that kind of sinful person was Ajamin. And in Ajamin's whole life, except for in his childhood, he had done some pious activities, he was a Brahmana, he was trained as a Brahmana. But other than that, when he uh, was an adult, when he married a prostitute, he had never, after that he has never committed any pious activities. So there was no question of him being rewarded in any way. So when the Yamadutas came to bring the soul, and we know the past time where uh, Ajahn is chanting loudly the names of Narayan, calling out his son. So at that point, immediately, Vishnutas appear. And when Vishnutas appear, they immediately stop. It, it's mentioned there are four Vishnutas, brilliantly shining uh, in the form of uh, Lord Narayan himself. They appear and they stop Yamadutas to carry the soul. And now Yamadutas are looking at their efforts and they have taken aback. We have never seen such personalities before. And we have never been stopped by anyone because usually people of the material world don't have the powers to retain themselves. They have to give up everything. When the Yamadutas come with a rope and then they carry the soul out of the body, no one has any powers to restrict them or restrain them. So here we see the personalities are much more effulgent, much more looking powerful, uh, uh, and they are appearing in front of young Buddhas and they are looking like they are powerless in front of them. So they are saying, Who are you, sirs? I remember uh, uh, there was an uh, incident where uh, uh, I know one of the persons who is a boxer. And this person is like something 6.5 feet high and he has got a big, huge build. And he has got a business. Uh, guess what business he will be doing? Uh, he is a, uh, what is it called? Uh, settlement agent. Yeah. Do you know, do you guys know settlement agent? Uh, so basically if somebody does not pay you any money, you hire this guy, give him a contract, and we go and just ask for money for that to that person. So if somebody has taken your money and he's not paying, then they will take 10% of the fees that they recover. But he will go and ask for money. And he was telling me that he has got record, he does not have to even use any force or anything. He just has to stand there and say, when are we going to pay? And people just next day they just give a check or they transfer the money or it's paid within a day. And he just gives them a letter that this is the deadline, you have to pay within three days. Or else I'll come back again. So <clears throat> within three days, most of them have already always paid money. Except genuinely they don't have money. But this is a kind of personality like a 6.5, huge build, uh, boxer. So uh, <clears throat> this is a similar situation happening here. The Yamadutas are like very ugly looking uh, and like they are uh, trying to 
to scare people off and bring the soul. And here they see Vishnu Dutta's work brilliantly shining. They were like huge build, like Narayan form. And they were taken aback. Who are these guys taking away our prey? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they are questioning here. In this verse, they are questioning who are you, sirs? When you respect someone, there, there are different, different respects you give. Now, this respect, you know what kind of respect, because out of fear, they are even fearful of this personality. So, they are giving, who are you, sirs? Because we have never been stopped like this by anyone. Because they understood, and you will hear this as the last time unfolds. You will hear, they were thinking Yamraj was the topmost authority. There is no one above Yamraj. And then when they were stopped, they thought, no, there is someone else who is more, much more powerful than Yamraj. And it's not one, four of them we have seen. So there must be someone who is there also and more more powerful. So, <coughs> so they, they are taken up again, they are questioning, who are users and what audacity, what power do you have that you are questioning Yamraj? So here we see, just taking bit back uh, in this past time, this pastime, uh, as we know, is in the middle of Bhagavatam. How many cant- cantos are there in Bhagavatam? Twelve cantos. So, within this twelve cantos, this pastime comes right in the middle, on, in the sixth canto. So now, uh, in one way, and this canto special, uh, has got a name, particular name, right? This portion, sixth canto is called portion of protection by Lord. So, this temple we can see past times where the Lord is protecting in different different ways. But actually, if you look at in each and every canto has got this particular qualification. There are ten subject matters. The ten subject matters are So these are the ten subject matters which are discussed within Srimad Bhagavatam. But this portion of uh, factor, uh, characteristics of Srimad Bhagavatam, we can see in each and every candle. Right from 1st candle to 12th candle, we will see Krishna is protecting his devotees. Krishna is protecting the even the non devotees. Uh, it's interesting when uh, Uddhava meets Vidura. Uh, so, uh, th- this is in 3rd uh, candle. When Uddhava meets Vidura at the beginning of 3rd candle, and he's saying, what is this verse? Where is glorifying uh, the Lord for uh, giving the position of Dhatri to Avapakiyam, Sthana Kalakutam, Jiram Sayapapaya, Api Asadhi. Lady Gatri, Dhatri, Chitam, Tato Anjim. So here uh, Uddhava is glorifying that who can be more merciful than Krishna, who in fact gave the position of a nurse, of mother in the spiritual world to a she-demon, Putna, who had come with bad intentions, who had come with an intention to kill, poison Krishna. But what did Krishna do? Because he is absolutely transcendental, he does not see the bad qualities of it, he just saw that. Putna had come as a mother to feed me breast milk. He did not see, he completely ignored the poison part of it. Hmm. 
Hmm. He just saw the love and affection of a mother, how Putna treated Krishna. And he gave him the position of mother or nurse in the spiritual world. So, it is explained, Lord never sees the bad qualities of anyone. Lord only sees because he is absolutely transcendent, he is in Sutta Sattva, he is in pure goodness. Hmm. There is no tinge of uh, passion or ignorance, so he does not see any bad in anyone. So here it is explained, uh, in each and every kingdom we see this aspect of protection is there, of the devotees and non-devotees. Uh, so he protects everyone. So we see, uh, in this canto, which is in the middle, uh, there is a test, there is a bit of test going on between Sukhdev Goswami and Parishit Maharaj. Right now, until five candles, Parishit Maharaj has been asking questions, Sukhdev Goswami has been answering, but here now, Sukhdev Goswami decides to test Parishit Maharaj, whether he has understood what I have already spoken, otherwise I will repeat that. As Shilagopal mentions, if you have not gone through first two candles, don't jump to third candle or any further. The first two candles are very important. If one has not understood, first and first two candles, because in the first candle itself, if you uh, see, Krishna appears in the first candle. How does he appear in the first candle? Anyone? Protecting, Uttara. So he appears as protector, right in the first candle itself, when Pandavas are going to the sons of Pandavas have died. died. Hmm. Aswatthama has killed the sons of Pandavas and now he is shot a Brahmastra towards Uttara's womb. He has redirected Brahmastra towards Uttara's womb so that the last uh, progeny of the Pandavas will be died. There will be no one to rule the kingdom after Pandavas left. Hmm. So uh, Krishna protects Uttara and the womb. Parishit Maharaj is protected by the Lord. So he appears right in the first candle as a protector. So that but in the quality of Krishna as a protector, we can see in each and every candle. So here we see Parishit Maharaj has gone through five candles and Sutta Goswami now is, after explaining at the end of five candles, the hellish planets, which we all have heard. Uh, uh, so Parishit Maharaj is disturbed. And now he is feeling compassion, genuine compassion towards all the living entities of the material world. And he is asking this question to Sutta Goswami. How did these humans, how did these people of Kaliva especially be delivered from the clutches of Maya and not go to this hell? How, how can they avoid this hellish planets? Because this hellish planets looks really bad, like people are going to suffer. So how can they avoid this suffering? And Sujit Goswami mentions, yeah, you've got a point. Uh, what they can do is they can go through atonement. To the level of sins they have committed, if they perform atonement, then they will comprehend the simple reactions. But Parishima said, no, this cannot be the answer because even an elephant, when he goes to take bath after coming out of the pond, he throws dust on it, then he again becomes dirty, then what's the point of getting clean? So atonement cannot be the answer. He said, if the people are committing sinful activities and atoning for that, but again committing because the proclivity that we know the cycle mentioned in the nectar of devotion, right? There is avidya because of avidya, because of ignorance, what happens? People commit, there is a vision, there is a seed of sinful activity. People 
there is a seed sown because of Avijaya, there is a seed sown in the heart of a living entity to commit sinful activities. And when they commit sinful activities, they get reactions, prarabdha and aprarabdha, manifested and unmanifested reactions are there. And because of that, they again get put up, which is the proclivity to commit more sins. The example is given when a person who has committed uh, robbery, in this case we are looking at Ajamin, who knew nothing but cheating others. If that kind of person is put into a prison cell, after his punishment or atonement is finished, like he is put for two years, after two years when he comes out of the prison cell, because he does not know anything better, what will he do? He will again do the same activity. We will try to cheat others and make living out of it. Because that proclivity does not go. So Parishit Maharaj here is saying that no, atonement cannot be the solution hmm, to sinful reactions. Hmm. So so is saying, yes, you are right. Atonement cannot be the solution. But the knowledge, hmm, if one gets nana, transcendental knowledge, if one acquires knowledge, then by that knowledge one can be, uh, be purified and then you will not commit sinful activities. But Parishit Maharaj again is saying, no, knowledge is like the bamboos which grow on in the forest and covered by dried leaves. So those reactions can be like dried leaves and when there is a forest fire, the bamboos are all burned out. But the roots of those bamboos are still within the ground. The roots are still within the ground and as soon as the fire period is over, again the bamboos shoot up. So similarly the knowledge, Parikshit Maharaj is saying, is like that. It might temporarily remove the seed or vision uh, or the proclivity for committing sinful activities. But as soon as one gets an opportunity again, he will again commit cheating. Cheating propensity is still there. So he will again commit sinful activity. So even knowledge cannot be the real solution. So at that moment, uh, Parikshit Maharaj is speaking about Bhakti. He is saying, Kechit Kevala Bhakti Vasudeva Parayana Adam Dhanamati Krishna Nihara Nivam Bhastara. So, Sukhdeva Goswami is saying, yes, Bhakti is the only solution, devotional service is the only solution to this problem of committing sinful activities. By Bhakti one can give up all the sinful activities because it transforms the heart of a devotee. So, at that point, Sukhdeva Goswami is speaking about this pastime of Ajami. How? By the process of chanting the holy names of the Lord, Ajami was able to give up the process, give up the practice of uh, sinful life. Mm-hmm. So, we see, uh, and the question arises, how come uh, Ajami committed sinful activities throughout his life? But at the last moment he just chanted Narayana, 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 he was free from all those activities. How is that possible? But Acharya point out, actually that was not the case. His Sukriti or his pious activities started, so there are three kinds of Sukritis, first year. Sukriti means pious activities. So there are three kinds of Sukritis. The first one is Karmonmukhi Sukriti, where the activities are pious. One builds a school, one builds a hospital, one donates food, feeds the poor people. So all those come under Karma Mukhi Sukriti. Mm-hmm. So 
So this kind of Sukriti takes on to the heavenly land. It is mentioned if one gives uh, charity to a needy person, he gets equal amount of benefit. If he gives to a Brahmana, he gets many four times benefit. And if he gives to a Vaishnava or a temple, he gets multi million times benefit. So, but those all benefits come under Karmamukhi. Sukriti Chaitanya Charitamrita mentions this. And then above that is Moksha Mukhi Sukriti, where one cultivates knowledge and by the process of knowledge he gets desire to serve the Lord and he becomes liberated from the process. That is Moksha Mukhi Sukriti by the cultivation of knowledge. And the third one is Bhakti Unmukhi Sukriti. Bhakti Unmukhi Sukriti is when one performs devotional activities. By the process of performing devotional activities, he purifies his existence and then he becomes liberated from his material world. So, it is mentioned here that Ajahnila did not just chant at the end of his life, three times Narayan and then went back. His Sukriti started right on the day when he named his son Narayan. Because the first time he chanted the name Narayan, at the Suppose if he remove his previous life as a child when he was performing devotional service uh, and we just take him to the later part of his life when he was completely committing sinful activities. The day when he named, it is mentioned at the age of 88, he had a tenth child born. So uh, at that time he named him Narayan. So that is the day when his Supriti, Bhakti Mukhi Supriti, started. Because every day he was playing with his son and calling him Narayan, 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 Narayan. Right? So the number of times he uh, was uttering the name, holy names of the Lord Narayan was not just at the time of death. Every day he was playing with his child and calling him Narayan. And that is what helped him to remember the name of Lord Narayan or remember his son Narayan. Because he had developed so much of affection for his son by calling him Narayan that at the time of death, what did he do? He just called out his son's name, Narayan, Narayan, So, if somebody is saying that, let me do whatever I want, just at the last moment, I will have a chick on the on front of the hospital bed saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Rama, 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 and I will see that and that. That's not going to happen. In your whole life, whatever activities you have done, you will only remember those activities. And uh, the interesting part in this pastime is, uh, Asher has pointed out that while he was at the time of death, while he was chanting, or while he was calling out his son's name, Narayan, it is mentioned, he tears flowed from his eyes. At that moment, it is mentioned that when you are dying, at that time the whole life comes as a flash in front of you, whatever you have done in, in your entire life. And at that moment, he actually the object of Narayan was his son, but at one point it shifted to Lord Narayan. Because as a childhood he had practiced, he, had, he was a Vishnu, uh, uh, Puja, he was worshipping Lord Vishnu. And because of that uh, piety, it's mentioned in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna mentioned Nehapekana Nasasti, 
प्रत्यवाने विद्यते स्वल्पमपि अस्य धर्मस्य प्रायतो महतो भय इवन इफ वन डज लिटिल बिट ऑफ इमोशनल सर्विस इट कैन सेव इन फ्रॉम द बिगेस्ट डेंजर एंड दैट्स व्हाट सेव्ड अजामिल बिकॉज एज चाइल्डहुड ही परफॉर्म डिवोशन सर्विस वाज वर्शिपिंग द लॉर्ड सो इन द एंड ही नारायण एंड देन एट द एंड ऑफ हिज लाइफ एट द ऑन दैट बेड व्हाई ही वाज कॉलिंग ऑन हिज सन नारायण दैट ऑब्जेक्ट his son shifted to lord narayan which remember he remembered his childhood when he was worshiping lord narayan and that invoked vishnu das to appear in front of him so it's not that if somebody is just thinking at the time of that i'll have i'll always have my necklace i'll always have my mala and at the time of it mala is got are krishna written on it I'll change that or bring that. Up. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, whatever uh, we have done our entire life, it will come as a flash in front of us. And if we have not changed it, the deliverer is mentioned uh, every morning. We sing this way: "Bhavu Janma Kalyan, Shravan Kirtan, Tabu Tana Pai Krishna Kalyan." In one way, the changing of a jami was it is mentioned offenses. Why? Because whenever he was calling this, his son Narayan, he was calling out with love and affection. Many times devotees, uh, of course, I'm not speaking about you all, but myself. Many times our chanting is just to finish the rounds. We don't have any love or attention or care in how we pronounce the names. It is just like it is already ten o'clock at night, and I'm starting taking my beats for the first time that day. i have to finish it's a big marathon so the chanting is just to finish the rounds it's not there is no love or affection whereas ajami was calling out his son narayan with love and affection and actually if you compare this with putna's pastime where putna had come to poison krishna and krishna just saw the motherhood of it similarly the name of the lord which is non different from the lord himself when chant with love and affection the holy name does not see whom you are calling the holy name will feel you are calling me with love and affection you are taking my name with love and affection and that was enough for a jamal to clear up all his bad debts and just go back to vishuddha here you know this person so uh, This temple is another uh, again special because in this temple we see many many devotees. Uh, Daksha will have ten uh, thousand sons and thousand sons. All of them are delivered. All of them are saved by Narayan, who is none other than Bhakti incarnation of the Lord. Then Maharajchitrakiri Swastan will appear, where Maharajchitrakiri is also protected. How is he protected, Maharajchitrakiri? Because he was cursed to become a demon, but even in the demonic body, he remembered the Lord. Even the demonic body, he had all the remembrance of the sastra. When we hear the exchanges between Maharajita Ketu and Indra, the Lord asked Indra because it was difficult. Again, coming back to his uh, giant personality, uh, for Indra to fight with Rasulu was like a giant personality. Indra thought he would die because this with Rasulu was too powerful in front of Indra, and then Lord had to come and. Tell Indra, go to the Rishi Muni. He has got a lot of austerities. He has got a lot of piety. Ask him for his bones, 
and then with those bones make a vajra and that will by that using that one you will be able to kill with rasa and you may uh, look at the uh, detachment of Dalichi Muni when Indra came to him asking for his bones this body is not mine, it belongs to the Lord and if it can be used in your service, just take it and he just gave up his body and actually Indra made the thunderbolt out of the bones of Dalichi Muni but Vitrasura was so powerful that Indra did not even dare to hit Vitrasura with that thunderbolt he was so scared to even face Vitrasura that was the kind of power Vitrasura had and then Vitrasura had to tell Indra why don't we use that weapon which you have made to kill me because with that weapon I will be liberated and it is mentioned even before Indra hit Vitrasura he had already went in meditation trance of the meditation of the Lord and left the body so this was the power of uh, the Lord, Lord protected, gave Vitrasura the memory and remembrance of his past life as he gave it to Bharat Maharaj. So we see Lord is protecting each and every step, each and every candle, Lord is protecting. And now we see there is a nice pastime of the holy names of the Lord. So going back into Ramayana. So there is a personality called Vibhishan. How many of you don't know who Vibhishan is? Vibhishan. So uh, do we know Rama? Yeah. So Rama was the one who was powerful demon. He was Rama's son, but very powerful demon Rakshasa. And he kidnapped Mother Sita, wife of Lord Rama. And his brother was Vibhishan. He was also Rakshasa, but he was devotee of Lord Ram. So Vibhishan, it's interesting, Vibhishan once was chanting the names of Lord Ram and in his house on the wall he had written Rama, 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 Rama everywhere. And Vibhishan was chanting the names of Lord Ram in his prayer room, which was again secured so that nobody can come in because in Lanka it was prohibited to chant names of Vishnu or Rama or Krishna or anyone. Uh, so uh, Narayana was not, uh, so you can't chant the names of Narayana or Vishnu. Mm. So Vibhishan in his prayer room had this wall which had Rama written and then he was chanting the names of Rama and he was so much engrossed in chanting the names of Lord Rama that once Rama entered and he did not notice Rama has come and Rama saw Vibhishan chanting Rama, 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 Rama and this is my enemy's name and he just said Vibhishan you are chanting my enemy's name what is going on here and Vibhishan being a devotee devotees are always intelligent at things he said no no my lord I am not chanting you are my brother I am chanting your name and Rama, Rama said how is it my name my name is Ravana then Vibhishan said Ram means Ravana and Ma means Mandodi Rama I am chanting your name only and Ramadha, oh, that's a good one. I should ask everyone to change this name. So this is how devotees uh, pray. But again, uh, coming to the point uh, when Ravana had kidnapped Mother Sita, there was only one personality in the whole of Lanka who tried to stop Ravana. That was Vibhishan. Vibhishan, and this happens after the incident when 
Hanumanji. Lord Hanuman has already come to Lanka and burnt almost half of Lanka, most of Lanka actually, and went back. And now Ravana is calling a meeting. Ravana is saying, okay, this just one monkey has come and burnt our city of Lanka. Let me call a meeting. And he then, Ravana was very uh, intelligent. He was Mahanani. Uh, he was, uh, he knew all the Sastra Bhaya. So he's giving like, there are three kinds of uh, people. So first kind of people is, are they who take suggestion from all the seniors, all the intelligent people, subordinates, and then make a decision. The second kind of people are they who are knowledgeable and act by their own wings as per their knowledge, but they are knowledgeable. And the third kind of people are they who are foolish, but they still act whatever they think. They will not take any suggestion, they don't have any knowledge, and they will act whimsically. So most of the time they will suffer. So he's giving this knowledge uh, to everyone and saying, that's why I've called all of you because he was trying to say that I am the first class of person who is very intelligent and I always take suggestions. So he called up all his brothers and all the ministers and asked them, what should we do now? So everyone said, we should fight back, we should go after this monkey, we should kill Lord Ram and Lakshman and all these people who are sitting on the other side of the store. So everyone was saying this. But Vibhishan was the only one who said, My Lord, if you want to be alive, and if you want all your citizens to be alive, better give Sita back. Don't fight with Lord Ram, because he is Lord Vishnu himself. And then Indraji called. So all his ministers and everyone said, No, 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 this is cowardness. One monkey comes and ruins our city, and we just give Sita back. So Indrajit, who was uh, the son of Ravana, he said, I am named Indrajit. Indrajit means who has won the battle with Lord Indra, who is the king of heavens. So I am Indrajit. There is no question of fight, uh, giving back or accepting defeat from these two human-like boys. Hmm. Better we fight back. Hmm. And then he discovered. And Vibhishan uh, told, you are just a mad boy. What do you know? You don't even know who Lord Ram is. Mm. So at that point, uh, Ram got angry and said, You are not my brother, because you are a stepbrother. Mm. So he said, You are not a brother, you are a stepbrother, and that is why you are jealous of my uh, achievements. So you should be thrown out of the kingdom, because it is only the relatives who pull down the person and is doing all the sastra inventions. How relatives are bad for you. He, he quoted Sastras very well, but in the wrong way and to achieve his ill, uh, Ill uh, activities. So, he said, most of the relatives are always plundering your wealth and bringing you down. So, you are the stepbrother and you, are, you don't like my progress and my opulence. So, you should be thrown out of the kingdom because we are advising you in the opposite way. Whereas everyone else is advising you to fight back. So, he threw Vibhishan out of the kingdom. Vibhishan goes to the other side of the uh, ocean and then he meets Lord Ram. So when Lord Ram and all the monkey soldiers are sitting, they see Vibhishan coming. At that point, Sugriva, who was the king of the monkeys, he got up and said, that Rakshasa is coming and we should all kill that Rakshasa. And Lord Ram said, just wait. 
he doesn't look to come as a warrior. He does not have any weapons. He is not aggressive. He looks peaceful. Let him come. So when he came down and he told Lord Ram, I've come to surrender myself. And I am Ram's brother. At that point, Lord Ram asked all these monkeys. He, he asked uh, Sudhir, what we should do? Sudhir said, he is the he is the brother of Lord. He is the brother of Ravana. We should immediately kill him because he is going to always cheat us. So he should be killed. Then Rama said, okay. Then he asked Angad, what should be done? Angad said, we should keep a very close eye on him. We should interrogate him. And if we find is there is any problem with his intentions, we should then kill him or send him back. Then he asked Jamun, what should we do? Jamun said, we can never trust an enemy because even Jamun was intelligent. So Jamun said, we can never trust an enemy and we don't know this personality. How can we trust him? And we don't have time to interrogate and do all those things. So finally, uh, Lord Ram asked Hanuman, what should be done? And Hanuman said, when I was in Lanka, there was only one person who was speaking to protect me in the assembly of Ravana. And that was Vibhishan. And even today, when he has come, he has come, you can make out from the face of a person what his intentions are. So, he is speaking very peacefully, very composedly, and he is giving, he is surrendering. So, person who is surrendering, we should always have a second thought on what should be done. And Lord Ram approved of Arman's idea. And he immediately got up and embraced a vision. So at that point, Sukri was still not happy. He said, how can we do that? We cannot accept anyone who is from the enemy side into our army. And at that point, uh, Lord Ram mentioned, uh, gave an example of, he told a story of a pigeon. That's an interesting story. So Lord Ram said, once there were a couple pigeon, the male pigeon was captured by the hunter. And then that hunter was going in search of Food. At that point, this female he came, he comes, this hunter comes to the hermitage or the tree where this female pigeon was residing. So this female pigeon was seeing that this hunter is hungry and does not have anything to eat. So she told the hunter, look, you are my guest and I don't have anything to feed you. But I have got my flesh, so why don't you eat my flesh since you have come to me? It is my duty to serve you. So Lord Ram told this story saying that if a pigeon has got that kind of consciousness to serve a person who has come to him or her, then I am Lord Ram, I am Mariyaka Purushottam, I have to set an example of the highest standard. And he said this, that it is my eternal principle that if any living entity takes shelter of me even once and says this, I am yours. Then I will award this person freedom from all fear. And that is my vow. So even once if somebody takes the holy name of the Lord which is not different from the Lord himself with love and devotion the Lord one may forget the Lord but the Lord will never forget that person. So this is the power of the holy name of the Lord. So Coming back to Ajahnam's pastime, as we mentioned, he chanted, he chanted the names of 
Lord Narayan without offense. We, everyone has seen uh, or chanted this seven, ten offenses. The seven offenses to commit sinful activities on the strength of the holy name. So that is an offense. But Ajami was not chanting Narayan so that he can purify the sins that he was committing. It was with love, genuine love and devotion he was chanting. And at the same, the, in the same mood he was even at the time of that, he was chanting in the same mood. So that is the reason why Ajami, and we see this where we are in this past time, when Ajami, Ajami was about to leave his body, immediately Vishnu does appear. And there was flash in them, and Vishnu does not allow Yamadutas to take away the body of Ajami. Okay, I'll stop here. Any questions or comments?
because last night he watched a cartoon film. Today, this morning, he couldn't change. And a half day is gone. And see. So, those things come, and then immediately when you're going downwards, you get an inspiration from devotees, from uh, Sastra, that, okay, you're totally controlled. Check your habits. So, did I answer your point? So, but, so you still you can believe you cannot know until we are in that situation. Yes, generally most of us will be in that situation where those bubbles will pop up from time to time. Hmm? Uh, there's an interesting uh, I asked one of the sannyasis hmm, uh, that uh, we are going to and I told him that how come uh, we can get rid of the sex desire? How to get rid of this to associate with the opposite person? So, that sometimes he gave a very good answer. He said, just because we are very saffron does not mean that we don't get those desires. Even I get those desires. But you have to learn to check those desires. You have to learn to stop those desires by the power of sasa and sadhusana. Unless you have very versed with sastra, unless you have strengthened your devotional service with good sadhana and sastra, sastric knowledge, you will fall down otherwise. So as a sannyasi, as a devotee, we have to, of course, sannyasis always do that, but as devotees ourselves, there's two things or three things. Good sadhana, good sadhusana and good sastra, sastric study. So if we do these three things, then we will be automatically prompted up, we are going down. Hey, this is wrong, this is right. That pop-ups will come and automatically those pop-ups will be pinned down, it will pop up by the power of sadhana, sadhana, and sadhana knowledge. So that is how we can become strong. Thank you. Okay, we'll stop here. Shilakopa ki, Jai Jantar Shunatarvatam ki, Jai Jantar Shunatarvatam ki, Jai Jantar Shunatarvatam ki, Jai Jantar Shunatarvatam ki, Jai Jant